When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The T-Biz Podcast delivers a recap of the week's major T-News headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. T-Biz is the voice of origin for T-professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the T-Lands. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Omicron cancels restaurant reservations. Tea sales and food service continue to decline. A tea in 22 forecast. And Sri Lanka barters $5 million a month in tea to settle Iranian oil debt. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. The fierce onset of Omicron closed restaurants, cafes, and tea shops in the waning hours of the second year of disruption of the once lucrative retail segment. Restaurant cancellations began rising in Europe, the U.S., and Canada the week before Christmas and continued through New Year's Eve. In the Netherlands, bars and restaurants, stores, and schools were ordered closed through January 14th. France, Italy, Spain, and Portugal report infection rates 40% greater than previous highs. Germany closed its nightclubs and soccer games. The UK is open for business despite infections that number 100,000 per day for several days last week, but residents there are cautious. Open Tables, State of the Industry Report, Track seated diners, both walk-ins and reservations, in 14 countries. Data indicated a recent high of 4% growth year-over-year during Thanksgiving week, but that has since dropped off a cliff globally to negative 30% year over two years. Reservations and walk-ins are down by 69% compared to 2020. In the U.S., walk-ins and reservations declined 67% compared to the same period last year. In the U.K., walk-ins and reservations declined 83%. In Canada, 82%. In Germany, 96% for the week ending December 28th. As cancellations grew to 45% in New York and Washington, D.C., hospitality closures due to staff illnesses soared. 
Even before Omicron arrived, a survey of 3,000 restaurant owners found that 77% did not have enough workers to meet demand, according to the National Restaurant Association. U.S. Labor Department data reported 44,000 restaurant jobs filled in November, down from an average monthly total of 200,000 for the first seven months of the year. Dining will not disappear, but during the past year, wholesalers and local tea shops that supply hotels, tourist stops, and restaurants suffered repeated setbacks. Now food inflation weighs heavily on the segment, compounded by increased labor costs and rising debt. Small businesses were forced to close despite government funds to offset losses. Those still hanging on are raising menu prices 30 to 50 percent. As the Omicron wave of infections crests at record highs this winter, the till has run dry. Tea sales and food service continue to decline. This is the second of a dozen tea forecasts for the new year. Two years of COVID reset tea consumption at restaurants and cafes initially by reinforcing traditional expectations of comfort and warmth, but evolving to permanently disrupt menu choices. Tea, except for bubble tea, largely missed out on the rapid growth of restaurant-quality food delivery, curbside service, and takeout. Beverage service in downtown offices and inner-city stands and food trucks selling teas and juice lost out to convenient, closer-to-home locations. U.S. tea imports overall are down in volume, up in value. Herbals are up in volume and up in value. In the U.S., sales of herbal supplements topped $10 billion for the first time, growing 25% in mass-market outlets, according to the American Botanical Council. Events driving trends that appeared entrenched in 2020, including lockdowns and the pivot online, evolved in 2021. The pandemic still exerts a heavy hand, but adaptations are meeting the challenge. What follows are three of five market-moving food service developments shaping 2022. Visit the T-Biz blog to discover the rest. Lockdowns that for a time all but eliminated 20% of the tea industry's revenue continue to depress food service sales globally. Staff from Chaiwala stands in Mumbai to five-star restaurants on the Riviera shuttered their stores during the Alpha Waves, shuddered in fear as Delta rampaged, and now face nimble Omicron as the third year of the pandemic begins. The National Restaurant Association estimated 110,000 U.S. eating establishments closed in 2020, eliminating 2.5 million jobs as food service sales declined by $240 billion below estimates, off 24% year-over-year, making 2020 the worst year for restaurants in history. 2021 had to be better, and it was for a time. The vaccines built confidence, and at mid-year, the NRA forecast a 19% in food service sales increases 
to $789 billion. But that didn't happen. Diners are eager to return when infections ease, but the already thin margins in the food service segment will worsen in 2022. Business Insight Tea wholesalers serving hotels, restaurants, cafes, and coffee shops were in disbelief in 2020 as standing orders simply stopped. Packaged tea blenders, meanwhile, worked overtime to supply grocery outlets with stores stripped bare. The top sellers? Plant-based functional beverages with a reputation for health and wellness. In other words, tea. Sedate, center aisle tea overnight became the fastest moving of the fast-moving consumer goods in stores through much of 2020. In 2021, the spotlight shifted to botanicals. Plant-based functional botanical beverages are definitely eating into tea sales, but if your first concern is consumer well-being, there is no gloom. Rishi Tea is now Rishi Tea and Botanicals, with products sitting on the shelf next to Bigelow Botanicals and Yogi Herbal Teas. The botanicals market was valued at $93.6 billion in 2020, and will achieve 6.6% growth from 2021 through 2026, according to Modor Intelligence. Tea-only vendors are at a disadvantage competing with broader plant-based specialists like Martin Bauer with a century of tea and botanicals expertise. In 2020, if you can't beat them, join them. Botanicals drive innovation, additional drinking occasions, and deliver health benefits. Relish the fact that virtually every botanical benefits with tea as its base. Business Insight Germans in 2020 consumed an additional two liters of tea to average 70 liters per capita. Most of that increase was from drinking botanicals. Pivot to Online Online sales remain a lifeline for tea retailers, large and small. Confined consumers appreciate the convenience of doorstep delivery. Selections are global in variety, delivery costs are reasonable, and specialty vendors are driving tea discovery by educating consumers about producers and origin. Producers that launch direct-to-consumer brands broaden their base and earn far more per kilo than at auction. In 2020, every imaginable beverage competed online, forcing marketers to spend a fortune on advertising to generate incremental sales. The standout product in 2021 is curated subscription boxes that deliver 75 to 1,000 grams of tea, enough for 15 to 45 cups, and sell for around $25 to $35 per month. Exclusive tea clubs that offer rare and premium teas charge subscribers $150 to $300 per year. Business Insight Corsite Research notes that growth of single-channel online retailers, including marketplaces, now trails their omni-channel counterparts. Quote, The e-commerce boom should have been a heyday for digital-first retailers, 
Yet one of the most striking features of this trend has been the general failure of online-only or online-predominant retailers to seize the opportunity to outperform in the only channel in which they compete, writes Coresight CEO Deborah Weinswig. Stores serve as an online billboard for a retailer's websites, while online-only competitors are forced to pour money into advertising, she explains. There were never enough tea shops where U.S. tea drinkers could taste a selection of good teas. There are many fewer now, making tea discovery online a top priority in 2022. Trelauk has agreed to barter $5 million a month in tea with Iran to settle a long-standing $250 million oil debt. The barter circumvents but does not violate U.S. sanctions. The imposition of sanctions in 2012 restricted Iranian bank transfers and stifled the once lively tea trade between the two countries. At that time, Sri Lanka shipped about 40 million kilos of tea to Iran. Totals have declined every year since. In 2016, Sri Lanka still supplied about half the tea consumed by Iran, one of the world's most valued tea markets. Sales of Sri Lankan tea had declined to 85 million by 2020, down from nearly 200 million in 2013, according to the UN Comtrade database. Business Insight the agreement did not sit well with tea exporters who will receive Sri Lankan rupees from their government instead of U.S. dollars, but the decision conserves foreign currency during a fiscal crisis. Sri Lanka is obligated to make $6.9 billion in debt service payments in 2022. The country's central bank has less than $2 billion in reserves and its sovereign credit rating was recently downgraded to CC amid growing risk of default. Aravinda and Antheraman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices. India tea price report for the week ending 18th December 2021. In markets this week, Kolkata continued to see good demand for all tea types. The Middle East was active for orthodox tea, while major blenders were active for dust tea. Darjeeling relied on exporters and local buyers. Guwahati also saw good demand with major blenders active for leaf and dusty grades. Compared to sale 49, this week saw marginally lower prices and more outlots. In the south, Kochi saw good demand, especially for CTC leaf. 81% was sold and upcountry buyers were active. Kunur saw low sale of orthodox leaf at 58%. Exporters were selective, although upcountry buyers were active. The highlight of the week was the sale of 1 kilo of Manohari gold from Assam at the Guwahati auctions selling for 99,999 rupees. This is the highest price in the auctions this year for a speciality tea. And although Manohari Gold is a favourite year after year for their unbeatable prices, it appears that they have beaten their earlier records. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade understands that a successful tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma and flavour. Our multi-award winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. 
Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website, qtradetees.com. This week, T-Biz travels to the Republic of Ireland to visit T-Craft founder and research scientist Nigel Mellican. Nigel explains the necessity of mechanical tea harvesting and describes an innovation in two-man harvesters that features a rotating head that simulates a selective pluck without shearing leaves. Nigel Mellican is a career research scientist, founder of T-Craft Technology Consultancy, and president of the European Speciality Tea Association. He has monitored advances in harvesting technology for more than 40 years, from crude shears and reciprocating blades to the next generation selective harvesters, capable of discerning and plucking, not shearing, only those shoots consisting of two leaves and a bud. Virtually all agricultural crops are being mechanically harvested now, explains Melican. Given the cost and shortage of labor and the growing demand for tea, there's no other way that you can make commodity tea commercially viable, he says. Nigel, why is mechanized tea harvesting here to stay? I've looked at tea harvesting uh, mechanical harvesting for the last 40 years I've been in tea, primarily because I was parachuted into a, a mechanically harvested estate in 1980, and it was one of the very few in the in the world, and I knew nothing about tea at that time. I assumed that all the tea was mechanically harvested. <laughs> having, having completed my work on that, uh, on that assignment, they said, stop off in Sri Lanka on the way home. This was out in Papua New Guinea where I was uh, working initially. And they said, stop in Sri Lanka and see some real tea being harvested. And I, I, wonder, I couldn't really understand what they meant. And then I realized that tea was not a mechanically harvested crop like wheat, for instance. So I think uh, now that mechanical harvesting has come into tea, um, it's certainly here to stay. Uh, there's no other way that... Uh, that you can um, make it commercially viable anymore. And virtually all agricultural crops are being mechanically harvested now. Uh, wheat, corn, cotton, even grapes are being mechanically harvested. Machinery isn't brought in to displace hand labor. It's coming in not because people, because the, uh, the producers want to put people out of a job, it's because of labor shortage. Labour shortage is due to urban drift in the main. Pluckers want their children to be doctors and teachers and accountants. They don't want them to go in, in to be field labour. And rightly so, you know, they, they aspire for better for their children. There is a growing lack of labour and mechanisation is coming in to plug that gap. Since 2010, more than 50% of the world's population are city dwellers. There was a tipping point in 2010, and so rural dwelling is becoming less 
team recognizations, recognizes all of those drivers. And the other thing is about um, mechanization, our annual global tea production is 6.3 million tons a year, and that's doubled in 20 years. 20 years ago, it was 3 million tons. And without mechanization, you just can't get that sort of scale of production of certainly of commodity tea. So the, the simple choice is mechanization or empty teacups. That is, you know, in a nutshell, that's why mechanical harvesting is here to stay. Does mechanized tea harvesting necessarily mean lower quality tea? With the machines that we have nowadays, it's difficult to get a a level of harvest that you can get from a skilled plucker. Having said that, the overall quality of tea being plucked is going down, and it's been going down for the last 40 years. The iconic two leaves in the bud, um, you know, 100% two leaf in the bud is a dream that some planters still have at the back of their mind, or sometimes in the front of their mind. Um, 100% two leaves in the bud plucking is possible, but it's slow. It's slow. And when you were paying only a dollar a day, you know, it was achievable. Now, I mean, Pluckers are still pretty poorly paid, but Sri Lanka, you're on about $5 a day. So you, know, you have to pluck faster, harder, which means coarser. So hand plucking now is not achieving 100% two leaves in the bud. It's achieving at best about 80% two leaves in the bud. Typically, it's achieving 60%. So most of the commodity tea is being plucked at about 60% two leaves in the bud. And well-managed, a mechanical a reciprocating blade mechanical harvesting machine can do about the same as a only a moderately skilled plucker. Mechanical harvesting, when it's properly managed, um, can achieve what uh, what is expected of a plucker nowadays. Mass production of commodity tea, sort of tea bag tea, is predicated on volume production. When you are volume producing, um, you have to cut corners, and one of the corners that is cut is quality. Virtually all the commodity tea goes to the supermarkets. The supermarkets have a fixed price policy. They don't like to see prices of their loss-leading um, commodity ranges going up. So black tea, uh, is the pricing is pretty inelastic. So when you have um, your, as the producers do, um, steadily increasing cost of production and no ability or very little ability to get an increased price for their tea, something has to give. And they, they trim the margin, they go for volume, and volume means less quality. So that's what's happening out there with mechanical harvesting at the moment. Now, you should be then saying, well, is it possible to achieve quality with a, a machine? It's possible to do better. Manufacturers have been innovating and refining tea harvesters for 100 years. Going forward, what additional improvements can we expect? The first innovation in mechanical harvesting, which has occurred in the in the lifetime of uh, mechanical harvesting, and that is the the Australian machine, the selective mechanical harvester. 
which is a machine which discriminates between the bud and the immature shoot and the mature shoot and only cuts, well, it doesn't cut, it plucks, it plucks the mature shoot and ignores the immature shoots. It's a, a totally new way of looking at tea harvesting. And it uh, it can do as well as a skilled plucker. What's the capital investment required to put that machine in the field? Until it gets into real production, it will be expensive. But currently, I think um, they're selling um, at around about um, four, fifteen, fifteen thousand U.S. dollars for um, a, a one and a half meter wide machine. Compared with the two-man harvester, you know that you're being used in India or in uh, Africa, it's going to be about ten or fifteen times more expensive. By this machine, it can harvest at a quality which exceeds the average hand plucker, yeah. and it can do it almost five times as fast and with about one sixth of the labour cost. Yeah. So. Even though it's an expensive investment, um, it works for speciality tea. Now, I don't think it's going to work as well yet for commodity tea. A supermarket tea blend doesn't justify that sort of level of plucking anyway. When I was a child, I remember wheat being four foot high. And now it's 18 inches high. Right. Because the plant breeders got in on the act. The combined harvester manufacturers said, look, a lot of this wheat is lodging. It's uh, We can't get the cutter under it. So the breeders went on and did the short straw. Not only was it easier to harvest, but the short straw meant that more of the plant's energy went into the ear rather than into the stalk. So it was a win-win there. And I think that the tea bush can be completely restructured, the architecture of a tea bush. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, agronom- the agronomist uh, or the plant husbandry men took a, uh, a tall tree, 20-foot tree, and brought it down to a three-foot bush um, and got it to yield more because it's not it's wasting less energy on the wood of the tree and, of course, the deep roots as well. So, yes, there will be improvements in the machines, there will be improvements in the bush architecture, and there will be improvements in the management. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.